Hey, welcome into TCAM Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Tracewell. This podcast, we talk about sports events, topics, and players. Come follow our Facebook and Instagram page. Facebook is TCAM's Sports Podcast, and the Instagram page is TCAM underscore sports underscore podcast. Shows will be posted when they go live, and even some bonus episodes will be posted during the week. Normal episodes are posted Fridays at 5. Comment your thoughts on the shows. Leave some topics you would like for me to discuss on the show. Thank you for tuning in. Now on to the episode. Today we are going to talk about something a little different. We're getting outside of March Madness. This is the Friday show, our normal show. We're going to talk about a little different topics today. We're going to talk about, you know, Dylan Brooks, man. What is this guy doing? Like, this guy's not even the superstar on the Memphis Grizzlies, and he's just calling out everybody, man. There was a huge beef up upon that. We're also going to talk about the World Baseball Classic. Man, this was a special classic. You know, we saw America made the championship game. What a, what a great series it was for them. And congratulations to Japan and Shohei Otani. You know, the guy is just special. Shohei can hit the ball really well. He can pitch it really well. He's such a valuable player. And he could possibly be, if he continues down this road, to be the best baseball player in history. That's not me saying that, but it definitely could happen. And I'm happy to kind of bring that to light a little bit that he is part of this conversation now. You know, Shohei is really special. The only thing that's ever made me mad is the Angels wasting his career and wasting Mike Trout. You know, not getting the requisite talent for the Angels so they could compete in the playoffs and the championship teams. But it is what it is at the end of the day. And I want to see Mike Trout and Shohei Otani move on from the Angels. It's weird, though, because they are a Los Angeles team. I mean, why wouldn't the Los Angeles team be able to get that much talent? I mean, the Dodgers can pull it off. The Dodgers definitely get that talent. Why can't the Angels do the same thing? I have no idea. But since we're on this topic, we're going to talk about the World Baseball Classic. Man, what a showdown. What a bunch of games. United States played great. Japan, though, ultimately becoming the winner. We'll talk about the history a little bit. So the World Baseball Classic was started in 2006. And it has competed in a total of five tournaments. So it goes from 2006 to 2009 to 2013 to 2017 to now 2023. And the following will be 2026. Japan holds the most wins for the World Baseball Classic at three. Then you have Dominican Republic has one and the United States has the other. So you know, Japan looking dominant. They've been dominant for a while here in the World Baseball Classic. In the 2006 matchup, it was the first year was Japan versus Cuba. They played in Petco Park in San Diego. They won 10 to six. Japan did. In 2009, Japan played South Korea at Dodger Stadium in Los Angeles. They won five to three and threw 10 innings. Back to back World Baseball Classic championships. That that's great for them. In the 2013 series, Japan was a runner up, but Dominican. Republic and Puerto Rico made it to the World Baseball Classic final. They played in AT&T Park in San Francisco. 
Dominican Republic won 3-0. The 2017 series, the United States versus Puerto Rico. Japan was a runner-up. Mexico was another runner-up. And South Korea was a runner-up. The United States won 8-0 in Dodger Stadium in Los Angeles. That was the first World Baseball Classic Championship for the United States. And now we're coming into this year as we had Japan versus the United States at Lone Depot Park in Miami. Japan finished it out. I mean, what an ending. Shohei versus Trout. Shohei and Trout both walking their teams out, holding the flag. I mean, just something spectacular, something you would never imagine or never be able to see. And Shohei Otani pitching to Mike Trout. It's a do-or-die situation for the United States. Trout has to hit a home run or get on base to continue the United States having a chance to win it. But Shohei shut him down. Shohei did exactly what he needed to do. Throwing two fastballs and I would say a slider to Mike Trout and Mike Trout bit on it. It had been a ball if he didn't. I mean, just what an ending. What a great win for Shohei. Adding another piece of hardware to his resume. I mean, this guy is special. An MVP, 28 years old. Going to be a free agent after this year. With the after this year, are the Angels going to pick him up? Are the Angels going to be willing to pick that price up? I mean, we're going to be talking about five hundred to six hundred million right here for this guy. He can do both. He can pitch, and he can hit. Now, people say Babe Ruth can do the same thing, but Babe Ruth was done pitching by the age of twenty-four. Shohei is twenty-eight years old and still pitching. He could be pitching for the rest of his career. He's a dual threat. What teams could we look out for? Well, obviously, you're going to look at the big market teams. You're going to look at the teams like the Yankees, the Mets, the Dodgers. Teams like that, they're going to be able to have this market for Shohei. My personal prediction, I think he ends up with the Dodgers. The Dodgers got rid of Justin Turner. They cleared cap space. They are ready for a guy like Shohei Otani. And imagine the Dodgers window right now, to me, has closed. They don't have the talent, I think, to be able to secure another World Series. Imagine if you add Shohei to the roster with Mookie Betts, with Gavin Lux, with Chris Taylor. I mean, just what a lineup. They're going to be really unstoppable. So it would be great to see Shohei in that market. And he might open up something for the Dodgers. And hey, he might win a World Series. And if he does, he's just adding more value to his resume. He's going to win another MVP. He's going to be probably the best baseball player in the world. And listen, I love Mike Trout. I think the guy is spectacular. I think the guy is actually underrated a little bit. I don't think he gets the love he deserves. But Mike Trout can't stop Shohei Otani. He cannot stop this pitching, hitting threat. I mean, he just can't do it. I don't think anybody can do it right now. So, that's what I think about Shohei, the World Baseball Classic. If you missed it, you really missed a good one, especially if you're wanting to get into baseball a little bit more. This was definitely the place to watch it. It's like a big all-star game, really. I mean, you have players who play in the MLB, play for their home countries, kind of like the FIFA, but a little smaller. Only 20 teams compete. 
or 20 countries could compete in this tournament. Definitely something to watch. Like I said, the next one will be in 2026. So there are separation years. I'm not exactly sure how they do this because it started in 2006, then it played in 2009 to 2013. So there's more than a three-year separation. So I'm wondering how they're going to do this. I'm thinking because the 2017 to 2023 is about a five-year, five to six-year span. So now they're going back to the three-year. Then they're going to jump after 2026 to a five-year. So, you know, we'll see. And it's definitely going to be a fun one for the next one. But this just gives a lot of hype to the MLB season. Like, this just hypes up the players. And it actually boosts the brand of the MLB. Because you watch how all this greatness. Now fans are really going to want to see, or new people are going to want to see the season. It just helps the regular season. It helps baseball overall. and. You know, I can't wait. I'm really excited. Baseball's almost here. Our episodes are almost here for baseball. I mean, I can't wait to talk about it. A lot of content coming for that. So, happy to talk a little bit about baseball. I know we've been waiting on this for a little while. And I know I didn't want to bring baseball in too early. I was ready to talk about it. But the World Baseball Classic is definitely something we had to cover and had to go over right before the season. Like I said... We're going to jump into baseball a little bit more next week, and we're definitely going to have into more conversations about it. Definitely going to be fun. Now let's talk about Dylan Brooks. Man, this dude, I mean, come on, bruh. First, it was Draymond Green. We talked about this on the Sports Talk Saturday with Matt DeLong. He went at Draymond Green. Draymond Green clapped back. The Warriors have been, Warriors and Grizzlies have been at each other's throats. Just what what is going on? Like Clay's now talking, you have four rings, this and that. Then you got Kendrick Perkins on first take talking about they need to stop talking about these four rings because of how they're playing right now. They might never get any more rings, this and that. And I mean that's great and all, but does Clay Thompson have a point? Yes, because every time that Clay Thompson has been doubted, I mean the guy proves himself. Steph Curry proves himself. Draymond Green. He is definitely one of the best NBA defensive players ever. I mean, Draymond Green has been such value to the Golden State Warriors. Aside from that conversation, we're going to talk about Dylan Brooks has been shooting shots at Theo Pinson. I mean, like, I don't understand what exactly is going on here. Dylan Brooks is just roasting him. They're going at each other. And Theo Pinson had something to respond to, man. It was great. So. So what happened is Dylan Brooks and Theo Minson, this kind of been a rivalry back since college. Theo Minson was at North Carolina when they played in the National Championship versus Oregon. And, of course, Dylan Brooks was on Oregon at the time. Theo Pinson, you know, has the right and he has a lot of real estate on this dude. But Dylan Brooks mocks Mavs, Theo Pinson. He's a cheerleader. Memphis Grizzlies for Dylan Brooks insulted Dallas Mavericks guard Theo Pinson by calling him a cheerleader in more ways than one, prompting a technical foul and and a suspension from the NBA. So I mean, this guy was really just on Theo all night. I just want to be. I just want to let him know he's a cheerleader," said Brooks. "I grew up watching him play, and he was a great player. Now he gets paid to be a cheerleader. I love it." And then Pinson retorted with a tweet following the loss, saying, "Been owning real estate for a while now." I see. After Brooks elaborated after the game on his usage of the gesture, 
as a direct insult towards Pinson for the lack of playing time. Talking about, you know, obviously North Carolina beating Oregon in the basketball national in the NCAA championship game. He said UNC Barstool also tweeted at Dylan Brooks saying, if you didn't foul out, maybe you could have helped grab one more rebound to beat us. So why am I bringing this up? Why is this important? Now, why are we talking about this? Because Dylan Brooks is not the best player on his team. First of all, Dylan Brooks is not even a superstar. He's a pretty good role player. He puts up points. Yes, he does make good noise for Memphis Grizzlies. And while people say, well, this is what Draymond used to do. Draymond used to do all this. Draymond talks he's trash. But at the end of the day, Draymond also acquired the hardware to talk that trash. He got the championships with the Golden State Warriors. He was a valuable piece in that first championship run they had together. He was a valuable piece when Kevin Durant joined. He's a leader. He keeps them together. And he was a valuable piece last year. Even though Steph Curry took over, Draymond Green has always been that leader. He's been that voice inside Golden State. He has completely proven himself, and he's allowed to talk that trash at the end of the day. It helps them. It helps the Golden State Warriors. So back to Dylan Brooks. What does this matter to him? This dude has 18 technical fouls this year and now has caused him to sell for suspension. John Morant was really going through some stuff, you know what I mean? He's a young guy, you know, a young guy with a lot of money with the swag of that team and how they roll. I mean, you could see the immaturity throughout the locker room. For Dylan Brooks to keep going on, this is not the light that John Morant needs. John Morant needs a good, positive team around him. Not Dylan Brooks making a fool of himself every time he's out on the court. Yes, you can talk your trash, but this guy takes it to a whole nother level. He brings the whole social media world with him. Like, back in the day, you didn't do that. You didn't have to bring your social media. You didn't have a social media life. I mean, that just didn't exist. You talked your trash on the court. And yes, sometimes news reporters picked up that, talk, that trash talk. But you talked your trash, and you, between you and the other player, you knew what you had to do to back that up. And now Dylan Brooks, not being the best player on his team, he's not Jordan, he's not Kobe, he's not Shaq, he's not LeBron, he's not KD, he's not any of these guys. He's an average role player. What has Dylan Brooks proven that he's worth more than anybody else? Like, What has he done for his team that he's a big impact right now? The Memphis Grizzlies aren't winning anything this year, ladies and gentlemen. I don't care how well John Morant plays. They don't have Steven Adams. He's injured. We don't know when he's going to be back. The playoffs are upon us. They're the second or third seed in the Western Conference. And this team is immature, and they're in shambles right now. And now Dylan Brooks causing all this drama, getting himself in trouble with the league officials, getting suspended, you understand if he keeps doing this, his suspension just grows. It gets longer. This doesn't help the Memphis Grizzlies. If the Memphis Grizzlies and Dylan Brooks wanted to prove something, they'd shut up and make the Western Conference Finals. I'm not blaming anything on John Moran. You know, Jaw is one of the best players in the NBA. He's one of the most electrifying players in the NBA. We love watching him play. I mean, the guy's just special. And I know he's going through some stuff right now. And that's okay. But at the end of the day, your teammates don't need to be doing this. They don't need to be making a fool of themselves. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. They need to play basketball. 
together as a team and prove themselves worthy. That's what needs to happen here. Once they do that, they're going to be a hard team to beat. That's just how it's going to be. But away from that conversation, I guess we could talk a little bit about UFC 286. I know we didn't really cover it much in the countdown because it's not the prime elite card. It had a good main title fight, but outside of that, the 287 coming up here in just a couple weeks is going to be a prime time card. And we will go more over that in the next two weeks. We'll start talking about UFC 287. We're actually going to start talking about the Masters a little bit, which is going to be fun. That's definitely coming up here April 6th through April 8th. Definitely going to be something special. Or the Masters is coming up here just in a couple weeks. Going to be something special. Tiger's going to be back. Definitely the premier PGA event. So that's definitely going to be fun to watch. Back to UFC 286. Kamara Usman loses this fight to the decision going five rounds. Leon Edwards remains the welterweight title champion right now. For the lightweight, it was a co-main with Justin Gaeth versus Rafael Fizev, if I'm pronouncing that right. Justin Gaeth won at the decision in the third round. In the welterweight, Gunnar Nelson versus Brian Barbani. Submission in the first round. In the women's flyweight, Jennifer Mia Maya versus Casey O'Neill. Jennifer won in the third round by decision. In the middleweight, Marvin Vettori versus Roman Diaz. Marvin won in the third round by decision. In the welterweight, that is the result of the 286. Like I said, the 286 card was not really as good as the 287 coming up here in just a couple weeks. We will also talk about the Masters. The Masters is coming up two weeks from now. Man, we're all excited about it. The premier event for the PGA. Tiger Woods is back. So definitely going to be a good one. We'll get talking to, we'll talk about that a little bit more the closer we get to the closer we get to the Masters. A couple other things we're going to talk about a little bit. Little news, not really big news from here on out, is Portland is talking about rebuilding. And, of course, their star point guard, Damian Lillard, who is absolutely electrifying. You know, everybody knows Damian Lillard if you watch the NBA. Great player, great point guard, uh, averaging over 30 this year. Definitely playing at an MVP caliber rate, even though he's not an MVP discussion, because Portland is a pretty bad team this year. We got the comments of Damian Lillard about the rebuild. He said, that's not what I'm interested in, especially at this stage in my career. He's not looking to rebuild now. He's trying to win a championship. Damian Lillard should have left Portland years ago. Portland has not put him in the position to win, and I don't know exactly what this organization is doing. Like Some years they get up there, and they're a pretty okay team. They had C.J. McCollum for a while, who was his co-partner. But Portland just seems like they never can get there anymore. I mean, they were good back in the 90s, in the 80s, but now they're just not, they're not a team that can compete as well as they used to. I mean, they're wasting Damian Lillard's career, and a part of it is Damian Lillard's fault because he doesn't want to leave Portland. Dude, you want to win a championship, you got to get away from Portland. If you traded him, where would he go? I don't know. 
I mean, there's a multitude of teams that are going to be wanting Damian Lillard. But I doubt Damian Lillard is going to go to a contender because that contender is going to have to give up a lot of valuable pieces to get a hold of Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard should be an MVP in this league. I mean, the guy is just spectacular. Outside of Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, he's one of the best three-point shooters in the game. He just makes magic happen. Dame has a huge history in the playoffs. He can do great things. I don't know who could acquire him, and I don't know what Portland's asking price would be for him. I'm hoping Dame gets out, and I'm hoping that you know he can find his way to another team. And our last conversation, Aaron Rodgers is going to be playing for the Jets. It's official. He's finally announced that he's ready to play for the Jets. Now, the Packers are holding up here. They're trying to get as much as they can from the New York Jets in a trade. They want two first-round picks. He's definitely worth two first-round picks, in my opinion. Aaron Rodgers, as I have criticized him on this show, but that's because of his age and the things he hasn't accomplished. And I don't think, in my own personal opinion, it's a good move for the Jets. I think they're better off trying to acquire somebody else because they would have more years with him. Now, there is also fans out there that say that he sh- the Jets should do everything they can to get a hold of him because it all matters about the championship. To me, as great as the one championship would be, I don't want to see the Jets go from being champions to a bust for decades. You know, the Jets fans and Lions fans have been through misery for a long time. Lions fans more than Jets. I like what the Lions are doing. They're building up a roster, a young roster, to maintain for years. They are trying to be contenders in the NFC, and now that Aaron Rodgers is gone, the NFC North is wide open for the Lions. The Lions could be a great team for many years to come. I don't want the Jets to have this great roster that they already have. They have put together a great roster, Robert Saleh, a good head coach, good front office. They've done great, blow everything and their entire future up for one chip. And I hate to say it, it's not even a guaranteed championship. Yes, Aaron Rodgers makes his immediate contender. Yes, he's way better than Zach Wilson, and the Jets are going to be hard to beat. But you still got Patrick Mahomes. You still got Joe Burrow. You still got Josh Allen and Bill Belichick and Mac Jones in that own division with Tua Tagovailoa, Jalen Waddle, and Tyreek Hill. Those teams, a couple teams I just mentioned right there, are going to be difficult to get through, along with Justin Herbert, along with Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. Like, the AFC is stacked. So, yes, I think the Jets are better off with Aaron Rodgers. Do I think they should give the Packers everything? I don't think they should. Two first-round picks may be a little bit high. There are people that say third-round pick only because the Jets can wait them out. But the Jets really can't wait. They're the most desperate team. The Packers are you know, ready to move on with Jordan Love. So the Jets need Aaron Rodgers bad at this point, because I, I don't see them making a move for Lamar Jackson. But at the end of the day, is it going to be harder for Aaron Rodgers to compete in the AFC? Yes. I thought he should have stayed with the Packers. I, I just don't understand, you know, after all this drama the last two years to sign that big contract, for them to give you everything you want, and you actually to come up shorter than you've been in, in the previous three years before that, to then you're you know you're ready to move on from the packers like i just i didn't understand that 
And I think the NFC is a little bit easier, in my own opinion, to get to a championship. I mean, what are your three biggest teams right now in the NFC? The San Francisco 49ers, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Dallas Cowboys. Outside of that, everybody else is an average team at best. Like, people want to say the Minnesota Vikings are a great team. We all see what happens when Kirk Cousins plays in the biggest moments. He can't get it done. The Lions are on the come up. They're not ready to win a championship yet. Yes, they can compete. Yes, they can make a battle for the Green Bay Packers. But it's still a better chance with the Green Bay Packers than it is with the Jets. Oh yeah, don't let me forget about the Jacksonville Jaguars in the AFC, who are on the come up, by the way, who played great and made it to the semifinal game last in the to the divisional game last year, could have made it to the conference championship as well as they played. A couple Mistakes taken away, they could have made it. So like I said, is it easier to play eight teams or is it easier to play three teams? And possibly just play one or two of those teams to make the championship game, depending on the seeding. If you're playing the AFC playoffs, you're playing everybody. You're not going to miss out on one of those teams. They're going to be there. If you play in the NFC, you might be able to miss out on a 49ers or Cowboys, and just play an Eagles or a 49ers team in the conference championship. To me, it's a little bit easier in the NFC. I don't really see his logic going to the AFC. I don't think it's easier for him. I'm looking at the benefit of Aaron Rodgers to win a championship, and I'm also looking at the benefit of the New York Jets trying to capture a title because the New York Jets are up against the hard wall right now. They're going to make playoffs. There's no doubt in my mind. But to win a championship in their own conference with the way it is right now, man, I don't know. I, I really don't know. And for Aaron Rodgers, if his goal is to win another championship, I don't see how you can look across the board and say, we're a definite guarantee to the AFC championship game. Not in your own division. Not with Bill Belichick now. I just don't see it. That's just me. Anyways... Thank you for tuning in to TCAM Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Tracewell. On Sports Talk Saturday with Matt DeLong, we're going to discuss March Madness. Talk a little bit about the Thursday results. Talk about the Saturday upcoming games, the previews, our picks, our winners. Definitely going to be some fun. Not anything you're going to want to miss out on. And then the following Tuesday will be the Elite Eight wrap-up. So we'll talk about the Elite Eight winners. And moving into the Final Four, March Madness is flying, man. This this is what's sad about March Madness. As great as it is, it flies. It goes fast. So enjoy it while it's here. And if you're new to basketball, it's the time to start watching. Anyway, thank you for tuning in. We'll see you guys tomorrow at 11 a.m. Take care.